Welcome to MapTrap's Legal Briefs, the podcast where we explore specific strategies and tactics used by brands to protect their pricing, distribution, and intellectual property. The information in this podcast is provided for general informational purposes only. It is not legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and MapTrap's guest presenters. Listeners should seek legal advice from a lawyer licensed in the listener's state. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Legal Briefs, a MapTrap podcast with Jeremy Richardson and Ron Solomon, where we talk about brand protection strategies for consumer brand manufacturers. And today's topic is map enforcement strategies. So we know what minimum advertised price policies are from some of our other podcasts, but when we talk about the enforcement strategy over the years, standard practice has been that uh, a brand have a three-strike plan. And typically, a three-strike pr- plan is going to be on the first incident of a map violation, there would be a citation. And then when they violate again, there would be a final warning. And then, of course, the third uh, infraction would be that the uh, retailer is suspended or terminated from being able to purchase the brand's products. Um, Jeremy, what do you feel is the best and most effective strategy for a brand to to use with their map strategy and their uh, enforcement? Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me back. Another exciting, interesting topic here uh, involving minimum advertised price policies and how do we enforce them. So I don't have any strong objection to having a three-strike policy, but I do not like the idea of having that expressly built in to your minimum advertised price policy. I think it becomes too rigid when a brand or manufacturer builds into its minimum advertised price policy how it's going to enforce the policy. I think it gives a company far more flexibility not to have it written in there. And if internally it wants to have a warning letter, initial suspension, and then cut off for first, second, and third violation, that's fine. Uh, But again, I I wouldn't build it in so rigidly that there's something in the policy that the company must follow in all situations because situations are different. So I guess what you're suggesting is a don't say it, but do it strategy. So don't don't telegraph what you're going to do to the to the retailer. But would it be okay? do you suppose, for a brand to have a separate enforcement strategy against one class of seller, say, Amazon, uh, you're going to give them three warnings, but then a brick and mortar, you're only going to give two warnings? I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure that I'd be so rigid in how I want to set up my enforcement of the minimum advertised price policy. I think companies need to have flexibility because there are violations that are of different levels. If you have a retailer who is just totally violating the policy, advertising well below the minimum advertised price across the board on all of your products, bundling your products with other brands, doing things that uh, really violate the spirit, significantly violate the spirit of the minimum advertised price policy, you may first time out want to say, you're done, we're not selling you anymore, bye-bye. So to have this rigid warning letter suspension cut off, one, two, three, uh, wouldn't fit that situation. Uh, Again, I, I, I also wouldn't want to have the policy so rigid that you apply one set of standards to one type of retailer and a different set of standards to another type of retailer. 
You may choose to do that because there may be a legitimate business reason to act differently from one to the other in different situations. But I wouldn't write that out, build it into a written set of procedures that rigidly must be followed. Another quick question on this topic is, uh, so in, in another podcast, you recommended that a brand not include what their enforcement strategy is in the actual policy itself. So if they're adopting a three-strike policy, that that's just an internal thing. And as you're saying here, that it should be flexible, but that they not telegraph that because maybe it locks them in. But would they want to include that in this particular email sequence? So first warning is uh, this is your first incidence of a map violation. You have X days to to get it together or you will receive a second notice. I think that would be okay to have an email which says we're putting you on notice and you must fix this within 30 days and if you don't you're going to get you're going to be escalated to the next step. Uh, but again, that creates some rigidity within the enforcement system. It, it would be in my opinion better to keep this as an internal policy and have the flexibility to send out that first warning. Uh, but perhaps to skip a step if the violation is incredibly egregious. Well, what if a what if a brand is using an automated system to generate uh, and send out violation notices because they don't have the internal resources, say, to to handle these types of exceptions? Well, I think those automated systems create a lot of efficiency for manufacturers and for brands. So there's definitely uh, a real upside there. Uh, it may create a little less flexibility. Uh, in that if the first email says you have 30 days to correct this, then you really have to give them 30 days to correct this. And in most cases, uh, I think that's completely fine. Uh, it's only in the rare case where a violation is super egregious and it so puts the manufacturer, the brand owner uh, out of sorts that they want to jump immediately to step three or maybe to step two. Um, I think that's the rare instance. Again, uh, I think an automated system does create a tremendous amount of efficiency for brand owners. It's sort of a uh, set it and let it do its thing. Okay. And as a, a final question on this topic, do you recommend warnings uh, within a cutoff versus graduated uh, cutoffs? So one warning and then the second time is they lose terms. And then the next time they lose uh, any types of discounts that they may have gotten. Uh, and then a third time they're suspended from the line level. And then the fourth time they're suspended from the entire company. Again, I, I think you, I think the manufacturer, the brand owner wants to check with their local attorneys that each of those steps is legal under their jurisdiction. Uh, changing terms or taking away discounts uh, may or may not be appropriate and may or may not be lawful. So quick caution there. I would not put that in your written map policy that you send out to retailers uh, because, again, that locks you into a particular system, a particular enforcement plan. And I prefer my clients to have flexibility uh, to, to react to situations appropriately, and that may be differently. Okay. Well, I think that that covers uh, some of the questions we had on map enforcement strategy. And Jeremy, as always, thank you very much, and you have a great day. Thanks. Great to be here. Talk to you later. If you'd like to submit a question or topic for a Legal Briefs podcast, email them to legalbriefs at maptrap.com.
For more information about how MapTrap can help you with your online brand protection needs, visit www.maptrap.com.